Today is Wednesday, November 1st, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. The IDF announces their first casualties in the ground invasion into Gaza, plus a raised terror threat here at home in the States. We'll have those top stories and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating. You can email us, quickstartpodcast at CBN. Org. We'd love to hear from you. We're getting through this crazy, crazy news cycle right now. And joining me on this hump day, Trey Gons Phillips, Billy Hallowell. Gentlemen, how's it going? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. All I'm, right. I'm, Survived you know, Halloween. Yeah. I mean, I'm feeling a little stuffed. Survived Halloween. Right? You guys survived at Halloween. Least we, That's... At least we have candy as a reward for all of the craziness <laughs> for all we all of the went demon through. worship we get. We at least get some candy out of it. So, all right. <laughs> Let's get into the news of the Cray here, guys. We have a lot to get to, as always, on the pod. And what do we have coming up on the focus story? Yeah, I had a chance to sit down with a mother of one of the Hamas hostages. That uh, it's just, it's just a heartbreaking story, but we're gonna you know be talking about what she had to to say, and it's pretty moving. Yeah, Trey and I hosted the prayer event for Israel yesterday on the CBN News YouTube page, and that was one of the people we prayed for. These families that are going through this they don't even know they don't have an answer yet it's been weeks uh, the agony they must be dealing with so i'm uh, gonna hear from those details there and it's certainly important to hear it so we can be praying for them also on the main thing christian show creators talk about making a children's series for the daily wires new streaming platform bent key all those details and more coming up but first we're going to get through the news here in 90 seconds and the FBI director, Christopher Wray, said that the ongoing war in the Middle East has raised the terror threat to Americans here at home. They have concerns now that similar attacks could be inspired by Hamas and other terrorist groups. Wray also warned of the possibility of individuals or small groups being inspired to attack Americans, including domestic extremists. These concerns were raised about uh, threats posed by Hezbollah and Iran, which supports Hamas and Hezbollah and their history of supporting terrorism. The White House and the Department of Homeland Security have seen an alarming rise in anti-Semitic incidents and threats against Jewish communities. Meanwhile, over in Israel and Gaza, where the war is raging on, Israel says that a senior Hamas commander, one of the ones responsible for the October 7th attack, was killed in an airstrike in northern Gaza and also the Israel Defense Forces IDF reported that two Israeli soldiers were killed in recent fighting, marking the first casualties in Gaza for them during the ground uh, operation. Israeli leaders have expressed the intent to destroy Hamas and Gaza entirely, rejecting calls internationally from the UN and others for a ceasefire. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out those stories and more over at CBN News. Dot com. This is interesting, guys. This brings in other issues to play here when you talk about this raised terror threat here at home, copycat crimes and, and terrorists being emboldened. Our border is a disaster right now. I don't know if anybody's noticed this, but it's porous as anything. And illegal immigrants are coming through seemingly whenever because those numbers that you hear on our southern border about the border encounters those are the ones they actually come in contact with. You have no idea how many others are just getting through the net. So how many of those are potential terrorists if a terrorist wants to attack America in a similar way? 
that they did in Israel, they certainly could get into America if they wanted to. Yeah, and you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to argue I think that's what makes this, obviously it's going to be an election issue because it's just naturally one, but what we're talking about, the border, which was already going to be a big election issue, I think what's happening in Israel has reignited those fears, and this is going to make it even more pertinent and important for us to be talking about because to your point, who is already in this country and who wants to get into this country? And these are questions that, you know, this isn't some like hypothetical thing that doesn't matter. This is Americans' lives and its safety. And so I think you're going to see a lot more people caring about this issue than maybe we have in the past. Yeah, I think that's what so seems so disingenuous from politicians is they always lean so heavily on the emotional side uh, when it comes to this issue. But there are legitimate, pragmatic problems, right? We can't just leave the border open. It sounds great to just open open the border and let anybody in at any time for any reason whatsoever, but the reality is is uh, nobody actually wants that. I don't care what your political affiliation is, right? Nobody wants the risk of, of letting uh, potential terrorists or, or potential drug dealers, uh, sex traffickers, whatever, because by the way, all of that's already happening. Uh, we don't actually want to see that uh, when it comes down to it, right? I think people at home, whether they're a Democrat or a Republican, would agree on that, right? It's just the rhetoric from the White House, the rhetoric from Congress, I think is so frustrating because it just muddies the issue by by leaning so heavily on emotion. I think that has to be a consideration. As Christians, Scripture calls us to pray for and welcome in the immigrants. So yeah, we have a duty there, but we also have a duty to protect our homeland, to protect our home, to keep us safe, to be wise stewards of the land that we're responsible for. Yeah. And exactly, 100% well said. And so there's a lot at play here. And um, nobody, like you said, wants to have to worry about something like that happening. And while you can never be 100% safe, you certainly can do things to mitigate the, the risk level and lower it. And so let's just pray that our leaders can make wise decisions and actually address these issues in a positive and meaningful way. All right, we're going to head over to the focus story now. The mother of a young man who is taken hostage by Hamas is sharing her family's harrowing journey. What's the backstory here? Yeah, there, there's so many pieces to this story, but this is Rachel Goldberg. Her son is Hirsch Goldberg Poland, and he was captured while attending the Nova Music Festival. As we know, that was the big music festival where um, so many people were affected and killed. And there was a video showing her son, and this is the most sort of recent headline around his story, being loaded onto a Hamas vehicle on October 7th. And in that video, we can see that he has lost one of his arms in the attack. And so that video is out there. The family has seen it, um, but they have been consistently speaking out about what it's like to be going through what they're going through. They have no idea whether their son is alive or dead. The last proof of life was this video from October 7th. And, you know, I just want to mention this is, it's a really bizarre circumstance. You know, they knew their son was missing. We could talk about that in, in a moment. Um, Anderson Cooper actually called them after seeing their son in a video that was collected by CNN from that day. And he called them and said, I think we have footage of him. And they had sort of started piecing together the story of what had happened to him. And the video backed the details of the story they had heard from other survivors. And so to the, at this moment, we have no idea where he is. Um, we just know that the family is adamantly speaking out and hoping and praying for his return. So that's a little bit of the backstory. We had a chance to hear um, from her directly what this has been like. Yeah, incredible, incredible pain and agony that these 
parents must be going through. How did she find out her son was in trouble in the first place? So, you know, we were, and you can watch, by the way, this interview over on our YouTube channel with her. It's about a 20-minute conversation. But I'll she put talked it in about the how... uh, description to this podcast, by the way, too, Billy. So you can all Perfect. check it out there. Yeah, go ahead. Perfect. Yeah, it's 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 worth watching it. You know, she talked about she was having a cup of tea. Her husband had already gone. By the way, these are this is an American family that moved to Israel a few years back. So um, he's an American citizen, uh, but she's finishing her tea, you know, in the morning, and then the bomb sirens were started to go off. And they live in Jerusalem, and so she said it was actually kind of strange. That doesn't happen a lot where they are in Jerusalem. Um, and so she did what they do. She grabbed her two daughters. Again, her husband was at synagogue already. They went into the bomb shelter. Um, and then she decided to turn her phone on because she knew that her son was camping somewhere. She knew that he was out. And, and he's a 23-year-old, so he's, you know, a little bit older. He's He was out camping. She turned her phone on, and she immediately had two messages that had been sent about 10 minutes before she turned the phone on. Those messages were from her son in a group chat they had. One of them said, I love you. And the other message said, I'm sorry. And she knew immediately that something terrible had happened. He was sorry for whatever she was going to find out had happened mm -hmm. to him. And after that, they did not hear from him again. So they immediately knew something was wrong. And she was able through another friend to track down that he was at the music festival, that he was there. And once they started hearing the reports there, she was able to then, um, the family was able to then get some details from other survivors. And it turns out a lot of those kids, they were trying to leave, right? They were trying to get in cars and leave. Hamas attacked. A lot of them started running out of their cars into these bomb shelters. And he was in one of those bomb shelters from what we know. Hamas threw a bomb in to the shelter. He lost his arm. Um, and it's just horrific. She went through some of those details as well. But that was how she found out. And, you know, they, they basically became detectives to try to get every detail they possibly could about what had happened to him that day. Oh, that is just harrowing, unbelievable stuff. How is what is she using now to find <clears throat> strength and to endure throughout this undoubtedly challenging time? You know, they have been consistently, she and her husband, doing media interviews. You know, we, we talked for, again, 20 minutes about their story, and it's not easy to keep recounting these details. And I will tell you, she was incredibly strong during this interview. And I asked her that question, how are you How are you doing this? You're sitting here talking about your son. You don't know. She said, I don't know if he died five minutes ago, if he's still alive, if he died October 7th. I have no idea. But she's keeping hope alive. She actually talked a lot about the Christian population and prayer. And, you know, she's Jewish. She said that she used to think, and I don't want to put words in her mouth, but basically that prayer was something that was very helpful, um, but that she was never really sure if it was helping the person you were praying for feel better. But she said she now knows that it does and that those prayers from the Christian community in particular um, she just was praising Christians for being so kind to them, reaching out to them, caring for them. She talked about being a God-fearing, faithful person, and I thought it was so interesting. She reads the Psalms, you know, throughout the day, and she actually had it in front of her. She picked up the book. You know, she's like, I have it right here, and that's what's guiding her through is just reading a, a Psalm whenever she possibly can. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, she talked about this mantra that she's had for her son from the very beginning, she said, and she says it out loud to her son, we love you, stay strong, survive. And she repeats it all day long. And she said she's realized that as she's saying it to him, she's also saying it to herself. You know, And again, I mean, this woman was a powerhouse in terms of just communicating this story and her hope that they are going to, she kept saying, I hope the next time you and I talk, that he's with me and that you get a chance to talk with him. And I, I just admired that courage. Yeah.
I mean, and of course we pray that same thing as well. And you can, you can really see when God is basically holding someone up in the midst of a situation where there's no real tangible reason why they can be even standing and not just curled up in a heap and an emotional wreck. And of course, I'm sure she is a lot of the time, but to be able to speak and to be able to um, pray and to carry on and, and do the things you need to do day to day in the midst of this unknown is just really nothing short of divine intervention really to help you out. And so I, I pray that this would lead them closer to God, number one, but, you know, of course, praying for her son that, that he is alive and that he is able to get home. Like this IDF soldier the, that we talked about yesterday, getting home uh, safely and rescued by the IDF. So uh, definitely going to continue to pray for them and everyone who now has someone, a couple of hundred people now that are unaccounted for, hostages in Gaza, and we don't know their status, but... Yeah, crazy situation. Yeah. yeah. One more quick thing. She yeah. talked about being proud to be an American and how America and, you know, she's met with Biden. She's met with Blinken. They, she did say that the president has spent a lot of time with the victims. More to his, his aides were trying to get him off the phone and he stayed on and cried with them and talked with them. And same with the Israeli leaders. So they fe they do feel like efforts are being made. And so she she just praised America quite a bit during that, too. And I thought it was important to note that. Yeah, that's an encouragement. I think also just the fact that she's reading through the Psalms is uh, is encouraging too and convicting, right? That, that she's turning to scripture in the midst of a really, really uh, terrible, difficult time. I think how often do we go through things that are obviously uh, by great measure much less significant and we don't still don't turn to the Lord. So uh, the fact that she's turning to the Lord so readily, I think, is an encouragement and just trusting that he is, as the Psalms say, the good shepherd, uh, you know, and, and getting to know his voice and hearing his voice is reading scripture. So yeah, continued prayers for her. Definitely. All right, Billy, appreciate you bringing that one to us on the podcast today. All right, Katie and Ryan Chase are the stars of the new children's series, A Wonderful Day with Mabel McClay, a Mr. Rogers-esque show on the new family streaming platform, Bent Key, from The Daily Wire. Katie and Ryan are talking about their new show and how they met each other and how their Christian faith guides their work as entertainers. That's today's main thing. Katie and Ryan Chase, thank you so much for taking a few minutes to talk with us today at CBN. How are y'all? We are good. good. We are all the way excited. <laughs> yeah, thanks for talking to us. It's pretty exciting to launch uh, your creation out into the world. So it's been a really, a really fun time. Yeah, absolutely. Look, y'all are the, the the masterminds, the creators, and the stars of A Wonderful Day with Mabel McClay, uh, which is on Bent Key, the new entertainment venture uh, from the, the people over at The Daily Wire. For people who might not have seen your new show yet over on Bent Key, A Wonderful Day with Mabel McClay, when I watched it, it was like, man, this is a, a 2023 freshened up, modernized version of, of Mr. Rogers that I grew up with. Talk a little bit about some of the show and, and how you've structured it the way that you have. That's exactly right about Rogers. That was a show that we grew up loving. That's a show that we've uh, shared with our, our own kids. We, um, we uh, have been very specific about uh, shows and things that we share with our kids. We haven't had a 
uh, a TV with them. We, we just have always kind of had a, a little projector, a DVD projector and a little lunchbox thing. And we'll give them the, the Rogers DVDs or Andy Griffith or other shows. And so that was a big influence on uh, our developing of it. And in that same pacing where we wanted things to be a little slower paced. Um, and, uh, but also we know you have to, um, it, it has to be entertaining. And so we just, uh, we just didn't want it to be, um, something that was, you know, as, as a lot of things tend to feel very quick cut, uh, you know, computer generated graphics and, uh, loud this and that. So we, we wanted it to have that same tone, um, similar tone to that. And so definitely that, that inspiration was a big part of it. It was a mix. We had to find just enough sugar to sprinkle in because, we know that today's kiddos can't necessarily all sit with Roger's uh, pace. And um, and so we we brought in this stop motion piece of the show um, that is so sweet and, and so gentle, we feel. And um, Jasper, the puppet dog, uh, is there with her in real life, unlike Roger's. And so we were trying to balance those things. But I think the most important influence from Mr. Roger's was... Um, the idea of a main character who speaks to children through the camera, who um, speaks in a really gentle, slow, grounded way and feels calm with them. Um, and so we we hope to have done that with the character of Mabel. Something else I wanted to talk to you all about is your faith, because that's that's a guiding post for so many people in our audience uh, and is something that, that really kind of forms the foundations of of everything that we do. Uh, and 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 y'all are Christian, and you've been comfortable talking about some of your faith before. Talk a little bit about how your personal faith inspires the work that you do professionally. Um, well, in every way, it does. It, it's uh, a main focus of our lives. Um, it was tricky to make a non-faith-based children's program because uh, we do have a very specific worldview, but we also have worked with kids for a really long time and and have always d- done non-faith-based work and believed in this idea that our light shines, I, I think, for all of us when when we do what we do. But it was a real, um, it's not every day that you get to share your gifts. And, and um, uh, you know, we have a creative abilities. And I, I've been perfectly content to express those in my home with my children and homeschooling them. And um, and so that this opportunity came along that, that our story was written in a way where everything we've learned and everything uh as a mother that i've learned and and through throughout my career and then back into like the fact that i was dabbling in acting as as a young gal um came together in this moment and so it was a very impactful uh faith journey we've been on of just embracing really a lot of gratitude because we can't point to all these steps that we took to um be able to arrive at this opportunity yeah exactly what she said there's uh a fountain of of gratitude and thankfulness that um, we know that if we just pursue uh, you know excellence in whatever God has put in front of us, um, in this case, this show, and before that, um, our we had that little kids improv school, and if we pursue that to the best of our abilities, we can trust Him that He that this little light of mine, and He's going to let it shine, and uh, and He'll um, you know hopefully uh, bless and benefit folks that. Uh, you know, uh, come in contact with what we're creating, and uh, we can just uh, trust that there's a creator who's uh, who's in charge of all this. And uh, so it really just leads us to thankfulness. And then there's just so many things like that. You just think, uh, if I was, 
I was a um, a smarter man and a, a better writer, I could put it all in a book and maybe it would be uh, something to, you know, to behold. Wow, look at that, man. Just and just thankful. God's doing a whole thing. All right, Trey, thanks so much for that conversation there. And look, it's sorely needed to have uh, the Christian people making entertainment for others to consume because the alternatives out there, honestly, are uh, are pretty bleak. So I appreciate you bringing that one to the podcast today, Trey. And that's going to leave us with time for one last thing. Proverbs 26, 11, as a dog returns to its vomit, so fools repeat their folly. Man, yeah, I think I I love just the simplicity and like <laughs> even just the plainness of that verse. Like, man, yeah, I really feel terrible about it myself. But I think that it's, <laughs> it's it's so true, though, right? It's it's why when we lean on our own our own understanding and we follow our own heart, which culture tells us to do, uh, we end up in some some pretty tricky situations sometimes. Yeah, we do, and I I also just appreciate the how God uses just things we understand, like animals and nature and different things for imagery to help us understand the nature of you know foolishness and righteousness and all these different things using the imagery of the world he's created around us it just all works it's it's incredible it's incredible and that one's a vivid image for sure but uh lord willing and that creek don't rise we will return tomorrow with more on the podcast god bless we'll see you then